Hi, and welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny podcast, where every single Tuesday we interview a new guest to talk about topics to help you craft your own fit life. The title Stop Chasing Skinny comes from my own personal tagline of life begins when you stop chasing skinny. You see, I spent many years running many miles, taking many classes, and trying many diets, but none of those worked. So finally, I got down to the business of understanding what really matters. And it's not just about how much exercise you can do or how little you can eat. It's everything else that goes into it. So I created this podcast to help you so you can craft your own fit life. Every single Tuesday, you can listen to an interview with a guest. And now every Friday, you can listen to me a second time where I take questions you have sent to me and I spend about 15 minutes answering them. You can even feed your brain this nourishing brain food by listening while you're cooking, commuting, cleaning, walking the dog, or just about anything else. Because that is how we craft a fit life. So let's get on with the show. Today's podcast guest is Anthony J. Diaz, Esquire. Anthony is a family law attorney and mediator specializing in resolving disputes easily, effortlessly, and amicably. In his practice, he is known as the peacemaker. He is also a licensed practitioner with the Centers for Spiritual Living. As a coach, attorney, and mediator, Anthony uses his spiritual practices to guide others from pain to peace. He also helps others resolve conflict with compassion and have relationships with passion and purpose. Anthony is also an international speaker whose passion, mission, and purpose is to help those in pain to move from their divorce with dignity. Anthony has authored many books and has a couple of really great websites, and so we're going to hear more from him, and I will put all of this information in the show notes. So welcome to the show, Anthony. Thanks so much for being here today. So great to be here, Stephanie, and I'm really excited to... uh share my thoughts about a healthy divorce with your listeners. Yeah. So healthy divorce, those are kind of opposite words one may think. Um, But it was so exciting to talk to you about this and we randomly got connected and I said, hey, would you want to be a guest? Because I think this is a really important topic, especially if you look at statistics on how many people go through divorce. And just to know that there is hope, it doesn't have to just be this horrible, awful, terrible time and you don't have to be resentful for the rest of your life and that's not what it should be. So um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this because you have you have seen it all (laughs) I have and it it wasn't planned you know as you know life just happens and uh, so I've been a um, an attorney for almost 20 years and you know have done a lot of different things um, as a as a lawyer and early in my law career, I went through my own divorce. And it was really interesting and and eye-opening for me um, because I thought, you know what, I'm an attorney. Uh, This is easy. I can just hire someone to take care of all the paperwork and and then it'll be over. And and Stephanie, it was really not that way at all. Um, It was uh, probably the most one of the most devastating experiences I've ever gone through. And and the reason for that is, is I was not prepared for 
the high emotions and and all the the different emotions that came up and it was um it really kind of shook my world and uh so it 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 ended okay and and it took me a while to really to recover but when i started to go into how that happened and why it happened i i realized that you know um we could go into divorce not knowing what's going to happen. And, and as an attorney, I, I just thought it was going to be a um, something quick and done. And noticing my reaction to it and and how it just just knocked me to the to my knees, uh, really, um, I, I realized everyone else that's going through that process that has no legal background. What must they be going through? What must they be feeling not having the, the, the law, um, you know, on their side? So from that point on, I wanted to make a difference with people that are going through the, the legal process as well as people that are struggling to move on. And, I, I, I you know, I made it a, a mission to be able to reach out and uh um, help people that are going through that struggle. Yeah. So you are a family law attorney, correct? Yes. So you, you, I mean, you had been, I mean, like you said, that you were professionally handling these cases all the time. And, and I could see how really you would think, okay, so it's going to be some paperwork here. Um, but it, you're right, it does extend way more into your life. So your, your mental health, your emotional health, and then your physical health. So why is it that moving on from a divorce is so hard from your experience? Well, what I've seen not only with myself, but my legal clients and the people that I coach through divorce, one of the main things that comes up almost every time is this not being able to let go. You know, and if you think about divorce, you know, divorce is an ending. What is an ending of? It's an ending of a marriage, but really even deeper than that, it's an ending of a lot of things. It's an ending of dreams that you had with somebody else to go through life a certain way, to share things, to travel, to raise children together, whatever it might, might be, that's not going to happen anymore. So, you, you know, you don't go into marrying someone thinking that it it might end so you you know you you go into it full speed ahead with all um with with just totally invested in it and then when it ends it it brings up a lot of emotions and you know i'll be the first one to tell you nobody wants to feel anger or sadness or um shame and a lot of those emotions come up during the divorce so it's a lot easier to say i'm not dealing with those emotions and what happens is they they manifest themselves in um some physical reactions or or, or some mental anguish but what happens is you don't move on um so by not dealing with 
emotions that come up in the short term it might seem like a good idea, but in the long term, it really holds you back. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about from the legal standpoint and holding on, because I know a lot of times somebody thinks that maybe, okay, well, I'm going to get everything I want in this divorce settlement, but maybe that doesn't make them happy. Or maybe you know, their expectations for the divorce settlement were completely unrealistic. Now they're not happy there. So can you give some examples of of kind of a better way to go into it or or handle it while you're in the moment so that you aren't getting too, too wrapped up emotionally and and like kind of from, from your uh, professional um, perspective as an attorney too, like what are some of the best ways that your clients can come through that? And, and how do you coach somebody, you know, cause you actually coach people through this now. How do you coach somebody through that? What are some of these thought processes that you instill or try to get them to kind of see it in a different way? Maybe. Sure. Well, a lot of my legal clients, I coach them really the, the, the same way that I would coach my coaching clients and it's it's you know you brought up a good point it's it's about expectations and you know those going through the legal process and we all do that whenever we're going through any process we think of what the outcome is going to be you know we're humans we want to know we want to plan for things and we want to have in our mind that this is what the outcome is going to be that's going to make me feel good so i know by basically looking at cases what is a fair outcome and and um, this is what is good for my client and, and what might be good for the other client so when and many times it happens that I'm being presented with a potential outcome that's not realistic from a, a legal standpoint and, and that will help to start the conversation and to you know to talk with um, my client and just go a little bit deeper on what's behind that expectation. Um, why are you looking for this? Why is this so important to you? And because there's something behind that. There's another part, another process going on, and it may have nothing to do with the marriage or the divorce. Um, it may have to do with somebody's childhood or, or, or something that happened in their life and they don't feel safe or they want security, um, they're in always living in fear, so they're looking for an outcome that could make them feel less fearful. So when we start to peel back the onion and to go a little bit deeper, and that's not always easy because you're asking somebody to, to um, kind of go within and, and to work on what's really driving their expectation, now we're starting to get to what is driving them to want this outcome. And that helps them to look at, is this really what they want or is this something they think they want that's going to make themselves feel better? Yeah. And, and in the end too, a lot of times that doesn't make you feel better. I mean, going through some huge legal battle is very draining on both sides, you know, and, and I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'm just going to take it to court. Well, I mean, can you explain a little bit about like that mentality of we're just going to go straight to the court, 
courtroom um where, you know we, you try to like not do as much in mediation or whatever um can you kind of explain like those different pieces and why you would want to resolve something in mediation and why it always isn't like the best idea to end up in court or maybe ever and we're going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back so how are you liking the show we would really appreciate it if you would give us a rating and review. Just click that review button, leave us some comments, and we appreciate all of your feedback. And welcome back. Absolutely. Well, one of my, I mean, I have a few mantras, but one of them is going to court is usually doesn't equal the best outcome. Um, so let's let's kind of un- unwrap this a little bit. You know, the the legal process is the case starts. Then it, I'm going to quickly do this. It's not really how quickly it happens, but at some point you get to mediation. You have an independent facilitator there that helps to bring both sides together. And, and many times cases do settle in in mediation, but um, a, a fair amount of them do not. And, and the next step then is to prepare to go to trial, which will be before a judge. So let's just think about this. Um, you want to get everything you want and you're not getting it in mediation. So you want your day in court and don it, you know, you're going to have it. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are some um, consequences to that and it's not in a negative way, but there's things that happen by making that choice. Now you're, going to a process where one person is going to make the decision on the outcome of your case. They're going to listen to your case in a very short amount of time and make a decision. You know, judges are humans just like you and I, Stephanie, and they may wear a black robe, but they have good days. They have bad days. Some days we wake up, we're ready to conquer the world and other days we just want to stay in bed and judges are, are the same way. So when you subject yourself to wanting your day in court, what you're also saying is judge, um, I want you to make a decision here. And my experience is many times, you know, the parties and, and, and the spouses are just not happy with that outcome. And, and it's a couple of reasons for that. I want to, this is really important. Yeah. One is because the difference between trial and mediation is a mediation. I kind of look at it as an empowerment session. You know, you are empowered to be able to make a decision because it's up to you if you want to come to an agreement or not. You, you drive the bus during mediation. Now, of course, the other spouse is co-driver of your agreement, but you get to have a say in how you want the case resolved. And there's something really powerful about having that, um, to be able to make that decision um, to create the, the agreement. And m- most, if not many cases that settle in mediation usually don't go back to court for to try to, to fight it because, you know, the parties have, have agreed to it and they're going to be most likely agreeable to keep the, um, 
settlement going forward, many cases that end up going to trial wind up coming back over and over again because somebody is not happy with something in that outcome. So they have to come back and try to to fight it over and over again. So I I recommend if it's close in mediation, it's it's probably a good idea to to go ahead and and, um, have a settlement agreement. Both people are not going to get everything they want, and, and what us mediators say is when both people walk away not 100% happy with the agreement, that means it was a good agreement. That means that both sides gave in a little bit from what they wanted in order to achieve a settlement that works for all. So mediation may be the only opportunity, Stephanie, that um, our clients have to come up with an agreement that they're in charge of. And once you decide to, to bypass that and to go to trial, you're, you're really giving up any control or power that you have in the outcome of your case. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, you know, from from a, a health standpoint, that can be very detrimental to your health because it's your mental health, it's your emotional health, and all of that shows up in your physical health. I mean, this, you know, a lot of times people come to me because they want to lose weight, they want to get in shape, but there's so many other elements that go into that. And, you know, divorce is, is huge for that. Um, like you said, it's very stressful. Um, and kind of your whole world is rocked. So why add to that by just, you know, forcing it to go to trial? I think we learn a lot of stuff from TV, right? Like you see that. And, and <laughs> you know, a lot of times yeah. when you're getting divorced, you're pretty angry. And so you want to show them, um, especially if they really did you wrong, right? Like if they were cheating on you or like stuff like that, you're like, I am going to, you know, I'm going to show you. But that's not the best way to heal. So let's talk a little bit about healing. What does that look like? How important is that? Um, what are the long-term effects if you don't heal? And, you know, like what is healing? You know, it can't just be like, oh, the divorce was five years ago. You know, if you're still resentful, like how does that present itself? Sure. And that's really a good a good place to start for looking at when is the the ideal time to heal from divorce? And, and and the answer is there really is no ideal time because everyone everyone is different. What I encourage my clients to do is to to for have both of us start a conversation on what they need to be able to move on from their divorce. Now, many people, and you know, since attorneys are not really trained or skilled in helping with their clients' emotional and, and, and physical well-being during the divorce pro- process, many people that go through a divorce wait until the divorce is over and then start to figure out what happened and, and, and how to heal. And, and while on one side that has its advantages because now the divorce is over, you can put all your efforts um, into that. But depending on how the divorce ended, you might be so angry at that point or so sad or, or your emotions are still not handled that you can't begin to heal. So, 
um, one of the systems that I work with people is divorce you divorce now. And now is an acronym N O W and the N stands for nourishment. And before we can heal from our divorce, we really have to figure out ways to take care of ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. It's like the three legged stool. You know, if one of those legs are taken away, what happens? Well, the stool falls down. So, you know, what I like to do with my folks is let's see if we can start the healing process while the legal process is still going on. You don't have to wait until the end of the divorce. And every case is different. If somebody really has a lot of emotions, it's going to take a little bit more time to go through that. But if, if you're ready and you would like to um, start your life, you know, like when the divorce is over, you're already ready to start moving on and you don't want to have to start, you don't want to have to wait, really starting to, to um, address that during the, the divorce. So we'll have conversations on, you know, are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating right? Are you exercising? What are you doing to, to deal with the stress that divorces just take on? Um, so we really look at your physical well-being. You know, do you like to meditate? Do you like yoga? What type of exercise do you do? Keeping that routine or starting a routine uh, for those going through are, are really, really important to uh, keep yourself healthy from kind of all aspects. Yeah, I think that's huge. And you're right on with the meditation and, and physical exercise, because now you have all these extra emotions that you didn't have before. And the other thing I have to say, too, is a you know, a, a professional in fitness, and having gone through a divorce myself, not not what so what you used to do may not be working for you anymore. Because I know when everything started happening with me, all of a sudden, I found myself just walking for hours at a time, you know, like two hours in the morning or whatever. And, and that was very meditative for me. And, but, you know, like doing the regular high intensity interval training stuff that I had been doing, that wasn't cutting it for me at the time. So even just changing things up, I think are really important too, right? Yeah. I would say, look at what your routine was and, you know, the, the body sometimes it gets into a rut as you can probably attest to from physical exercise routines and and many times to help it to, to go through stress you kind of almost have to shock it and, and give it something new that it, it hasn't done before that it hasn't gotten um, used to and that's also a way to to detox your your body you know, you, 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 your body is going through a lot of different emotions and there's, and there's hormones and there are things that are wanting to be released, uh, to be able to let go of the things that aren't serving you to, to do the things that do. Well, part of that is, is in your body and, and doing different types of exercises. You know, if you, if you haven't done weight training before, try it tried to do that. If you have done weight training, but, but you haven't tried yoga, you know, that's another form of 
m- movement that is is going to your body's going to like that because it hasn't done that before, and that's that's how you nourish your body. And what I have my clients to do is to you know when you mentioned meditation to go to try meditation and ask your body tell me what you need you know let your your body tell you maybe it's hey i just need to sleep or i need to take a long weekend of decadence of just self-care and you know our, our bodies are trained to tell us what we need if we know how to to listen so really paying attention to what your your body is saying and what it needs will help you take care of all all health aspects while while you're going through divorce yeah, and I love that you use the word nourish and nourishment because that's really what you need to do. A lot of people, um, they maybe want to kind of forget about everything that they're going through, which I mean, from time to time, like find whatever you want to hang out with your friends and drink some alcohol and stuff. But really, I mean, it's you have to nourish it. And I love that you said the word toxic because I mean, I know whenever I went through my divorce, I felt so toxic. I didn't date for over a year. Like I just felt so just angry. And I was like, oh man, anybody that enters my life is probably going to be either toxic or I'm going to just like not be nice to them. (laughs) So, um, you know, but I, you know, I didn't even think of the word nourishment until you said it, but really that's what I was doing for myself. I was refinishing, um, furniture. I was walking my dog a lot. I went stand up paddling. Um, I tried to stay away from the alcohol because that wasn't going to solve anything, you know? Um, so, you know, and that's not nourishing. Um, so I love that you say the nourishment and really get back to yourself and what is good for you. Cause you're right. Like you are facing so many things that maybe you haven't faced before, like the, the release of hormones, right? Like that's, that's a very stressful thing. It is. And you know what, when, when you, the, next thought that came into my mind is many people and I see this happen all the time and it's men and women there's no differentiation here many times you know spouses just bury themselves in in the marriage that they lose kind of who they are and they don't really know who they are anymore because they've just um you know, just connected so deeply in the marriage, but they've kind of lost sight of the things that make them happy and hobbies and things like that. So this is really an, a perfect opportunity to re-tap into what makes you happy, what what makes you smile, what makes you laugh, what brings you joy. Um, and now you you can put your energies into that and and I will tell you you know the experience of people I've worked with that are able to do that come back and and are so thankful to be pointed in that d- direction because they were so focused on the divorce and trying to get over on someone else or get one up that they were they were losing themselves even more and to be able to focus on what makes them happy not only were they happier, now they were in a better physical and mental frame of mind to make the decisions that you really need to make during the divorce that are really going to help you at the end and not be reactive to be more responsive. 
Oh, that's so well said. Yeah, so, so well said. And I mean, really, the best revenge is to live a fantastic life, right? So why not get yeah, back to yourself? Yeah, and look great. <laughs> right, look great and live it. And yeah, I mean, so, you know, spend some time working on that fitness. That's, that's the best revenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a lot of different ways, sure. Yeah, yeah, but you're right, self-improvement, right? And, you know, I'm sure that even if you didn't want the, the marriage to end, I'm sure that there were times in the marriage where you were like, man, I wish I had the time to do X, Y, and Z or take the time for myself or I wish that my partner really supported me in this. Well, now you have all the time. You get to make you get to make all the decisions. You don't have to run it by anybody. You get to allocate your time the way you want to allocate it. Um, whether, you know, like you don't have anybody to, uh, to have to coordinate with anymore. So... You know, get back to the that's childhood. true, and, and and what you what you're also doing is now you're you're creating, you're recreating yourself, and when you can do that, you start to s- set up some healthy boundaries that when you do have that next relationship, and you get involved with someone, you're able to keep those aspects of yourself that you created that are so important, and you do you know you won't put yourself in a position to lose yourself again because you've had this time to work on yourself to look at what is important to you and what you you want to keep when you meet someone else and when you can do that and connect with someone who also has healthy boundaries and has things that makes makes them happy you know now you could be happy yourselves but now you can create this joy together as a couple with healthy boundaries. Oh, that's great. That's really great. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, um, about that and kind of the next relationship? Cause I know I have seen some people, some people, maybe they are ready like pretty soon after the divorce, but I think a lot of people just don't want to be alone. And so they jump right into something and it's maybe not something that's so great for them. It's just a little less bad than the previous one. Can you talk, <laughs> yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Sure. Now that's, I'm so glad you, you, you brought that up because I, I do see that a lot. And, you know, as I would say everybody probably knows by now one out of every two marriages and, and in divorce. And this is what people don't know is this is first marriages. Um, for second ma- marriages, three out of every four marriages end in divorce. And, and I didn't know that. And that really got my attention. So I'm like, why is the, the rate higher for second marriages? And when I kind of dug a little bit deeper, it really makes sense. Because with what you're saying, when people, you know, are either in the middle of the divorce, happens a lot, or shortly after the divorce, they will quickly start another relationship. And, you know, as humans, we crave being with other human beings. That's just what we're wired. That's in our DNA. So there's nothing wrong with that. And, but especially when you're vulnerable and you're, you're at a place of feeling alone and maybe not feeling great about yourself, how about let's be with somebody else that makes us feel great, right? I mean, yep. kind of makes sense when you th- think about it. But what happens is if, if you haven't had that time 
to really process what's gone on and, and to and to go inside and, and to, to figure out how it affected you and, and maybe what you'd like to do differently or maybe something you did that, you know, maybe on on reflection, you know, you, you wish you haven't done. That takes time. That really takes some time and effort and energy to really be alone because when you're starting another relationship, you're so excited about that the last thing you want to think about is, is what happened in my marriage that didn't work out because you want to get full speed ahead with this relationship. But you are leaving yourself open now to recreating the relationship that didn't work for you because you haven't figured out why it didn't work. And, and so of course, you haven't figured out what does work in a relationship. So there's no magic time, Stephanie. I mean, everybody has a different time of, of when they heal, but in, in working with, with people, uh, it's the things that I, I look at is, are you taking time to heal? Are you, you know, taking time to figure out what happened? And, and what I will tell you is, is that, um, people that have gone through a divorce and take the time to, to do that. And whether it's six months, a year, five years, it doesn't really matter. But those are the folks that tell me that they've had more successful relationships and it's not always easy. Nobody wants to be alone and, and, and nobody wants to be out of relationship, but being out of relationship can be the most rewarding and um, most self-development that one can do. You don't have anyone to think about or to worry about. You're just focusing on you and what you need. And that really is going to make a difference in, in your next relationship. Yeah, that's huge. Thanks for those stats. Oh, man. So I do have to share a little analogy or metaphor with you because <laughs> this is what I thought of whenever I was going through everything. So I was just envisioning like being lost at sea, right? Because it seemed so turbulent and chaotic and I just was just kind of a mess. And I felt like I, you know, I had done quite a bit of personal development before all this stuff happened. Um, and so I thought maybe, you know, I could keep myself pretty centered. Well, anyway, I just felt like I was in this huge storm in the ocean and I was like, if I date anybody right now, I would probably like, you know, being in this, this ocean, you know, you kind of reach up and like, it could have been some crusty old toothless fishing captain that came by <laughs> to pull me out of the water and I would have been so grateful. Right. And so I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm not reaching my hand up for anybody. <laughs> I'm going to find a rock to mm. climb on and wait until that storm subsides. And then I'm just going to swim back in. <laughs> and that's really what I kept picturing. You know, I was like, I feel just so off center and toxic and, and all of that. And so I was like, I just need to recenter myself, wait till that storm passes and then figure it out. And I mean, that really worked for me. Yeah, that's a great visual. I mean, just you know, if your listeners can really just close your eyes and just see that picture of being out at sea and you have a choice, you know, you can, you know, uh, put your hand out to anyone that comes by just to be saved or you can know that you have the answers to, to, to figure it out. And, and swim and, and know that you can swim to shore by yourself and and, um, and that's exactly w w what you did and and, and to 
and the way that you've been able to to move on and be successful is a testament to how you navigated through your divorce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy, but I have to say, though, having my dog was amazing. So if you're going through this and you don't have a pet, um, you can even just foster one where you just borrow them for a little while. It's great. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And then, you know, you're, you're not just saving yourself, you're saving them too. Um, so can you tell us what is the most important step in moving through conflict in general? I would say... To move through conflict, that's kind of the end result. I mean, you, you know, in, in any conflict, we all want to get to the other side. And there's many ways you can get to the other side. You can get to get there by a bull in a china shop, or you can get there being mindful and, and kind of um, being present with what's going on. So in terms of resolving conflict, what, what I think is the most important step, and, and it's, it's the first step, it's being present. You know, you have potential or an actual disagreement with somebody, your spouse, your, your partner, somebody at work, your friend or family. So, so you have a choice. You, you can either react to what they're saying. Um, and most of the time that happens because we're not really listening to them. We're thinking of a comeback that we have to what they're saying, or you can take a breath and really be present and listen to what they're saying. You don't have to agree with what they're saying. You don't even really have to like what they're saying, but in order to understand where someone else is coming from, because they have a place in this disagreement as well. So, you know, Stephen Covey always used to say, Seek first to understand before being understood. We all want to be understood, but we can't do that at the same time. So if you could be the one to understand and be present and listen to someone, take what they're saying in, and then you can have a more mindful response. And now you're modeling behavior for the other person on how you would like them to be when you're communicating how you're feeling. So being present during a conflict really sets in motion a respectful dialogue of responses instead of reactions. I love that. And I love that you said, like, just basically press the pause button. Just hold on for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and not everything needs exactly. to be so quick. Uh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so interesting. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people can really benefit from because it is such a, a weird time. You don't expect it. You know, you don't know how you're going to react to it. Um, it's, it's one of those things that is just really, really tough on every level. Um, and then you have something free for our listeners, right? Can you share a little bit about that and how somebody can find more information about you? Sure, absolutely. Well, for for all of your listeners, and again, my mission is to reach everyone that's been affected by divorce. And one of the ways I do that is um, by being on interviews like, You've been so gracious to, to, to have me on, but also to write. And, and one of my writings is a book called Divorce with Dignity, and it's three powerful steps to heal and move on 
with your divorce now. And for all of your listeners, um, you, you can go on my w- website and download the ebook for free. And it's just my gift to to you for trying to do this in uh, the best way you can. And, and there's some great steps to be able to help you do that. So um, the link to go and do that is on my website. It's anthonyjdiaz.com is the name of my website. And the link is just add a forward slash ebook forward slash divorce. So it's anthonyjdiaz.com forward slash ebook forward slash divorce. And uh, you'll have the information there to fill out and it'll allow you to download the ebook for free. And, and you can then begin the steps to healing from your divorce. Awesome. And I will put those links in the show notes as well as your social media links so people can find you there as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anthony. 